0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith
1: When the people in our community look at us because we are called to be spiritual priests in the family of God, do they see hope radiating from us? It can't if we're not in unity with God and with one another. And you can't be in unity with God and disunity with people at the same time. It doesn't, can't be.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our head. As Christians, we are ambassadors for Jesus. The question is, do others see Jesus living inside of you? Today, Pastor Ed will be exhorting us to have an intimate relationship with the Lord so that we can be filled with His love that we can pour out into others. If you're struggling with your relationships with other people, like your family, friends, or co-workers, chances are your relationship with God isn't so good either. When your vertical relationship is good, then all your horizontal relationships thrive as well. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Building in Faith You and I could have hope. The scriptures, the scriptures, and verse 4 again, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. What he's saying is, when you dig into the Word of God, it gives you hope. You go back and you walk with David, and David overcomes an incredible challenge in Goliath. It gives you hope for the Goliaths in your life. When you go back in the Scripture, and the Scripture refines your expectations and gives you a a different frame to use and see suffering and problems with. Uh, Suddenly you're able to deal with life in a way that you couldn't have had not the scriptures informed you and become the lens that you see life through. So it encourages us as well. Uh, The promises that simply you stand on and believe in. God has integrity, he keeps his word. This word was good for the first century and it's good for the 21st century. God keeps his promises in Psalm 119 verse 114. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. We've learned you can't put your hope in the promises of our politicians. You really can't put your hope in the promises of people. But you can put your hope in God, his word, his promises. And so that's what Paul is wanting his new believers and older believers that were in Rome to do. Put your hope in God. Put it in his his word. And then he moves forward and he says, put your hope in the Savior. In verse 5, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement, here we come back to this, endurance and encouragement, to endure the trials of life, to be encouraged in the trials of life, may God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. It's so important that the church has unity because that creates a community of hope. Amen. The church is filled with division, and our differences divide us rather than simply putting them before God. It creates a system where hope goes out the door. We need to be able to come into the house of God and sense and feel and experience unity. Now, unity is hard anywhere. It's hard in a marriage, it's hard in a family. Uh, We're different, we see things differently, and that's normal. And in this biblical context, you think about, well, the problem that Paul talks about earlier in the text, he talks about the weaker Christians, and he talks about the stronger Christians. There were weaker Christians who we believe were the Jewish people who were caught up still in the Old Testament law, and, and, and things troubled them, where the Gentiles didn't have all of that stuff that they were dealing with. For example, when they decided to have their New Year's Eve party, and they decided to have a potluck dinner, and the Jews brought the kosher food, and the Gentiles brought the pork. <laughs> it didn't go over well. <laughs> then styles or perhaps approaching things, Gentiles and Jews, all all sorts of differences that could have divided them. You know, even even today, look at the flags around. They represent some of the nations that are here. You grew up in Africa, or you grew up in South America, or you grew up in Europe, or you grew up in the States, or you grew up in Asia. You you see things differently. Uh, you, You... have been taught in some ways differently, and those differences can divide us if we're not careful. What can unite us is the fact that we are Christians, the fact that we're following Jesus, and because we're saved, because we're saved, we take our Lord's Prayer very seriously in John 17 when he said, I pray that they may be one. So we build bridges and not walls. We essentially are fulfillment of what Jesus was praying for. I think of the words of Philip Melanchthon, the friend of Martin Luther in the Reformation. He had an incredible statement that sums it up well. In essentials, unity. In other words, there are some things we can't compromise on. You gotta be born again to be saved. The Bible has a code of morality that we have to follow. We can't go along with what the culture says. The Bible has teachings that we have to adhere to, but then there are other areas, styles of music, colors of the rug, you know, the types of sound system and all different things that just are preferences and we have our preferences even church government. All sorts of things are preferences. But, he says, indifference is liberty. The, there are essentials, unity, and differences, liberty. In all things, charity. We treat one another with love, endeavoring to unify the body of Christ. When you have that, Somehow, God's presence just comes into a place because you are answering God's prayer. It's a beautiful thing when there's unity in the church. When there's disunity in the church, you just feel it. You sense it. It's written on people's faces. It comes out in their conversation, in the tone of their voice. Now, what's going to happen when we dig into the Scriptures When we trust in his promises, we follow his word, what's gonna happen when we take Jesus very seriously and we have that unity that he prayed for, that the Father had and he had, that miraculous unity that cannot be explained by any Trinitarian. Uh, Dave and I were talking about a book we recently both saw, you know, like, unraveling the mystery of the Trinity, it will never happen. Not in our lifetime. Maybe in heaven we'll understand more, but there's so many things we can't fully understand. And there should be something unexplainable about how we get along together here at Faith Assembly. And what is the results? Verse six, so that with one heart, and mouth, you may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What happens is when we do these things, there is a sense of hope within the atmosphere of a church. There is a sense what they're saying is true, and God is glorified. He is lifted up, and people know that the Father sent the Son, and the Son is the Savior of the world. I was... um, reading something by Max Lucato and he talked about a vitamin salesman that he saw in the mall. This vitamin salesman was walking in the mall and he had this picture of this guy that was buff and strong and athletic like your lead pastor. <laughs> oh, Anyway, he saw this vitamin salesman, he had this picture, of, and here this vitamin salesman was trying to sell these vitamins, but the guy didn't look like the picture that he had there. <laughs> and, and so um, Max Locato said, well, either the vitamins don't work, or he hasn't been taking <laughs> them. When people look at the church, they're going to say, either they're not doing what they say, or it doesn't work. But when they see A supernatural unity within the community, and they see people living in the Word, and the Word living in them. They sense a hope, a hope that's born in the presence of God, in the parts of the people of God, and they they could sense it. There's a hopefulness. There was a letter from the British Missionary Society to a church in Uganda during the time of great persecution. And many, many people were being martyred for the cause of Christ. And the letter read from the British Missionary Society to one of the congregations, What can we send you, people? You are being persecuted. Your archbishop has been martyred. What can we send you? Here's their reply no food, no medicine, but 250 clerical collars. 250 clerical collars. And it goes on to say, you must understand when our people are being rounded up to be shot, they must be able to see their priest. Think about that. When the people in our community look at us because we are called to be spiritual priests, in the family of God. Do they see hope radiating from us? It can't if we're not in unity with God and with one another. And you can't be in unity with God and disunity with people at the same time. It doesn't can't be. And when God's Word is governing your life and guiding your life, and you're just simply believing his promises. It's an amazing thing how hope fills your heart. So our obedience will inspire hope. And the second thing from this text I want you to see is that our mutual acceptance inspires hope. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Isn't that powerful? Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Think about how, how he accepted you. They say, oh, I'll accept her because she is just so perfect. She never gets frazzled, never loses her temper, never has a bad hair day. Or I'll accept him. Man, he has it all under control. I'm going to accept him. He is brother together. (laughs) Now think about it, God, how he accepted you. Your strengths, your weaknesses, who you are, ups and downs. He, He accepts you fully, completely. So just as God accepted you with your fears, with your strengths, with your weaknesses... You are to accept others. That's powerful. Now, there's controversy, there's conflict in this Roman church because Jews and Gentiles are in conflict with one another because of the differences that just naturally are there. And so what he does is he brings them to understand the heart and the mind of God so that they will more aligned with the heart and the mind of God in the following verses. You look at the promise fulfilled. The promise fulfilled. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs. What he is saying is you Jewish believers, I want you to look around at all the Gentiles. Guess what? God kept his word to Abraham. That's why they're in church. That's why they're worshiping with you. That's why they're there. In Romans four eighteen, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So what he's saying to the Jewish community within the church is think about how God the Father, through Jesus, Jesus fulfilled all of the promises given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, promises to bring Gentiles. To what you have seen, what you are witnessing, is the fulfillment of God's purposes. Don't fight against it. And then he turns to the Gentiles and say, you're a part of prophecy. In verse 9, so the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Now he's going to quote from the book of the law, from the Psalms, and he's going to quote from the prophets. He's gonna muster his argument through scripture and say, here's what the word says. This is what God said, that the Gentiles would come in to the family of God. That's you and me. He said, so the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, I'll sing hymns to your name. And then he goes, Verse 12, and again Isaiah says, A root of Jesse, that was David, King David's father, will spring up, a root out of his seed, meaning King David, and then his lineage. One who will arise to rule over the nations, the Gentiles will hope in him. He's referring to the Messiah, to Jesus. People putting their hope, their trust in him. Those who were outside now become inside. So when we come into this house of God, when we realize that we're here from every tribe and every nation, we're here from various age groups and various journeys, some like fast music, some like slow music, some like long preaching, some like very short preaching. Some on a long worship service, some on a short worship service. We have all our different tastes, but when we realize, wait a minute, We have been given the privilege to be part of the family of God. In Ephesians 2.12, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. There was a time we were without God. There was a time we were without hope. And so he says, think about what God did for you to the jewish nation to the jewish race there are blessings that you will not experience unless you build bridges to others who are different from you there are blessings that will only come into your life When you obey scripture and you begin to let scripture not only transform your life, but transform the community of believers. See, the word is not only to transform our life, it's to shape the church. It's to shape how we think, how we live, how we walk, how we talk, what we do, what we don't do. It's to shape us. And so Paul is saying the promises, the prophecies, they're all being fulfilled and then he gives us Incredible prayer, this benediction. He says, Here's my prayer. May God, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing, this God of hope. We live in a society where it's so fragile. When I look at things, I think, Boy, Our culture is very fragile, the economy, the relationships, so many things going awry. Our trust is not in our government. Our trust is in the one who government, is on his shoulders, that's Jesus. Our trust is in the Lord. And so when you come into this house of worship, when you come into this place of worship as individuals, as we corporately gather together and we're coming with the intent to build our lives on scripture, to to build unity in the church, to follow the sayings and the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're gonna be filled with a sense of hope because you're going to meet the grace of God in the lives of others as they treat you the way Christ treated them. This will be a house of of hope for people who've lost their hope. That's Paul's prayer, that it would overflow. Hope just overflowing. I wanna tell you, or share with you, a rabbinical tale, a rabbinical legend of a man by the name Simon, who lived in Krakow, Poland. He had a dream. This poor man who lived in dire circumstance had a dream that there was a treasure for him and this treasure was found in Prague under a bridge. And in the legend, the man kept on having the dream over and over Again. So he decided to take the journey to Prague, which was a long journey. Finally, when he got to the city of Prague, he intuitively saw and knew the bridge. He knew the bridge. And so he went there and he he began to rummage around beneath the bridge, and there was a sentry. And the sentry said to him, What are you doing? He said, I had a dream, and I had it many times, and there was a treasure found here under this bridge for me. And the sentry laughed at him. He said, you foolish man, you can't believe dreams. I had a dream too. He said, I dreamt of a man by the name of Simon from Cockroft, and there was a treasure in his kitchen under his stove. And I've had that dream many, many times. I've never gone there to look for it. And so Simon goes back to Carcroft's home, goes into his kitchen, goes under the stove. And there he finds a treasure, according to the legend. And he lives comfortably for the rest of his life. And the rabbis ended the story like this. The treasure was always in Carcroft. But the knowledge of it was in Prague. The treasure was always in Cockroft. But the knowledge of it was in Prague. Our nation has left what we were founded on. The biblical truths. And we're looking for something in all the wrong places. Our security is not in our technology, not in our armies, not in our economy. It's way back, way back at a cross called Calvary. We as Christians could make the same mistake. We could be looking everywhere instead of right in that sacred book that leads us to that holy God who is the God of all hope. And by the power of His Holy Spirit, He will let your heart overflow with hope. His word is true. He will fulfill that which He
0: said. We've all heard the cliché phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. But the question is, is He? Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is Christmas just one of the two times during the year that you visit the church? Are you part of the body of Christ? During the Christmas season, there are many opportunities to stop and reflect on the greatest gift of all. But like all gifts, it's only enjoyed when you receive it. The important part of this season is being sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you ready for the King? Have you received the upward call? We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Pastor Ed Jones and the entire congregation here at Faith Assembly would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.